Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope you guys are having a great uh, hump day. Hope you guys are coming over that hump full steam ahead uh, uh, to maximize your weekend uh, so that you guys can give God ultimate amount of glory. But for those watching for the very first time, my name is Josh Quez, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. And for those who's been rocking with me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or you've been a subscriber for 14 seconds, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted in me. And I pray it continues to be treasured you. But as everyone is coming in live or as everyone is watching later, I want to let you guys know about some things that I have going on now as well as in the next week or so. For instance, life coaching. If you need, if you love to say, hey, man, after watching this guy's video, like, man, I would love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him or a relationship conversation with him or uh, a group coaching session with him, whether in regards to relationships, spiritual development, uh, singleness coaching, uh, maximizing your purpose and branding. If you're like, hey, man, I would love to talk to this guy. I have some spots available this summer and I would love uh, to help you in any regard that you see fit, that you will feel that you feel that I would be able to benefit you. And also check out my latest book. Facts over feelings, how to find the facts behind your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose in life, your roles in life, and just getting back to what needs your attention. This book right here would be a great resource for you to process that and get you back to fulfilling your role. Also, if you're looking for a good resource um, to learn how to hold things better, this book is part two to my, uh, my other book, but I'm going to show you a little bit later. But this book right here will help you process your ability to hold the important things of life. It's a great assessment, a great journal to help you uh, uh, understand what it means to be whole. And like I said, holding doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. This book is going to prepare you to hold those significant things in your life well. If you're looking for a book to help you understand your singleness and the purpose behind it and how to maximize it, this book would be a great resource for you on uh, the purpose of singleness. I, I, this book is probably the number one selling book I've ever created so far. And it's been a great resource for a lot of people since I think about 2016. But if you're looking for a book or a resource to help you learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever, there's a great resource right here called Dating Prep. It has a ton of questions that will make sure that you and whoever that you're dating are on the same page with questions that will either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you looking for a book to help you process what's in front of you to make sure that you discern it well and to make sure that you're not entertaining a counterfeit this book counterfeit or counterpart would be a great resource for you to be able to learn how to discern the will of god in every area of your life last but not least what i last but not least but another book is if you want to learn more how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds this book right here the purpose of freedom will be a great resource for you um, to help you untitled soul ties and uproot those strongholds if you're looking for a good children's book for for grades i believe third to about seven it's a great book right here to help kids discover their art form and have wisdom um to walk out in everyday life and if you're struggling with spiritual warfare or you will learn to or you will love to learn more about the whole armor of God and how to execute it. This book right here will be a great resource. We have merch online. And if you feel like, hey, man, I want to give the support what this guy is doing and uh, support the cause, the channel, all that good stuff, you can all do all this, including getting books as well as card games like this. Oh, man, I ain't talking about this card game. Hold, it's a good card game to help you. goes with the book here, Hold, the Holdness Journal. So hey, great stuff like that all on my website there. So, so far, we have two people. 
Uh, let's see. Let's get going. Uh, Ms. Johnson says, blessing you and your family. Thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for watching and joining me on this afternoon. Mary says, <clears throat> hello. Any advice for someone who allows worry to get in the way of everything that they do? I always worry about being too old to fulfill my purpose and losing my loved ones. I worry way too much. Well, worry loves to occupy where worship should be. Uh, the Bible says, uh, be not, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is a reasonable worship. The goal should not be focusing on what you're worrying about uh, or, or what is causing worry. Your goal, your life should be focused on worship. Worship is not just uh, reserved for an 11 o'clock hour on a Sunday or at a worship concert with Maverick City Elevation and such, right? Worship is about what you do in everyday life is giving your life as a uh, as a sacrifice while living sacrificing its cares sacrificing its worries sacrificing its passions for a greater goal right and so now you got to write down a sheet of paper everything that you're worrying about and then the next thing I want you to ask yourself, what are these things distracting you from in regards to worship? See, when you worship God and you know God for who he is and you desire to serve him, no matter what the cause is, then that will, think, that will cause you not to stress so much about what it is that you're worrying about, right? And so worrying is a habit and you have to break that habit by finding what the root reason is for the worry. The Bible says in the word of God says, be anxious for nothing, meaning that's a command. God says, there's no read, no. No, no reason, no need for you to worship because I am God. I am fully capable and able to sustain anything in life, whether it not, whether it wants me to sustain or not, I can sustain it, right? And so you have to begin to understand why God commanded. And the only way you can understand why God commands a thing by getting to know the character of him. When you know God's character in every area that you worry, that he is well able by his riches and glory to provide for all your needs, then you will be able to cast those cares knowing that he is capable, right? And so if you begin to say that I worry in everything that I do, you got to find God in everything that you've done, find God in everything that you're do, doing, and find God in everything that you would desire to do. And then that will build some level of trust and some validity in his character that will help you carry on in faith and not worrying. He says, any advice for someone who allows where the goal is, you allowing worry. You have to get, you have to allow worship. You have to allow focus. You got to allow discipline, but you allowing a culprit called worry to come in, to get in the way of everything that um, you do. So now you got to be able to say, okay, why do I lack confidence in God and everything that I do? Next point, he says, I always worry about being too old to fulfill my purpose. That's something that you can't consume yourself with. For instance, I tell people all the time, don't worry about the what, when, and the where. No, don't worry about the when, the where, and the how. Just worry about the who and the why. When you worry about the who, no, not why, the who and the what. When you focus on the who, who you need to be in God, who God is to you, and what he has called you to do last, God will take care of the when, the where, and the how. That is his responsibility. And you're never too old. I mean, look at John the Baptist's mom. She was not too old to fulfill her role in God's uh, 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 um, plan of life. So you got to reprogram your mind to think differently in that area. So you, when you say you always worry about being too old, age is nothing but a number, the psalmist Aaliyah says. And your purpose is in, the, in, is in the person of God and in your fellowship and partnership with him. And when it comes to loving loved ones, that's a part of life. 
A lot of things that we face in life is a part of life. And when you can make sense of death, then you can see the benefit and the value of life. So instead of worrying about losing your loved ones and loving them more than they desire to be loved, love them accurately knowing that if their hearts is right with God, they'll see God and trust that if they not say it, that God will sustain them if their hearts desire. And so if you worry and wait too much, it's now time for you to meditate on some scriptures that will help you begin to process those different things so that you can overcome that worry. Worrying is a waste of time, especially when you know God can do anything. Worrying will leave you embarrassed at the end because worrying will have you waste so much energy that you'll be too tired to enjoy your blessing. So the Bible talks about casting your cares onto him for he cares for you. Now you have to go into God's word and begin to understand why God or how does God care for me? And when you understand the love of God, it will loosen those shackles off of your feet so that you can dance. Shout outs to Mary Mary. Hotel. PTL says, why do you think lust is difficult for young men and how can you defeat lust, lustful thoughts and desires? Well, lust um, in, in this regard, in regards to sexual things, is difficult for men to a degree because we're visual creatures, right? Anytime um, you're visual and you live in a sexualized world, you're going to tend to bend to the girls. You're going to tend to bend to the desires of the lust, right? For, first off, before you can even defeat anything, you got to first be defeated. The Bible says die daily. You know, you have to die to your flesh. You have to understand the importance of dying daily when it comes to certain things and understanding the, the consequences of investing into something um, that is toxic like lust, right? And the reason why young men struggle is because, like I said before, we live in such a sexualized culture surrounded by all things visual causing us to fall. Now, how do women fall in lust? Women fall in lust due to all things mental. Men fall into lust through all things visual. Women who have mental voids and mental curiosities end up finding themselves with overbearing desires to to feel loved and accepted, therefore leaving them rejected after they find that man zip up his pants and leave them alone and all that and all that uh, ambitious love and desire they felt before the sex is now gone because all he wanted to do was get his rocks off, right? But when you look at a man, a man has to understand the um, the generational impact of lust invested in, right? And, and, and as a young man, the Bible says, flee you for lust. And you have to see why you flee it by seeing the sin for what it really is. You have to look in the sin to see how sin is keeping you from winning, right? But it's very difficult because we live in a sexualized world because the devil is after men. Men, he don't want men to have self-control because when men have no self-control, homes are unstable. If homes are unstable, society's unstable. If society's unstable, the nation's unstable. If nations are unstable, the world's unstable. All because men are not willing to be submitted to God as the household leaders that they need to be, right? Now, how do you defeat lust and lustful thoughts and desires? You got to begin to look at the thought for what it really is. What is this thought here to do? Because thoughts are seeds. And when seeds are planted in the hearts and minds of a young man, it's going to sprout up and produce lustful action. That's why the Bible says, when a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already. God looks at the already, not the all what already happened. He looks at the already ingredients in the heart of a man. Because as long as the man has the ingredients of lust in his heart, he will eventually. He will eventually, if he doesn't take the, the ingredients off the table and not desire to make a lustful cake. 
So you got to see thoughts as seeds. You got to see thoughts as ingredients and seeing this ultimate goal that the devil wants to use. The Bible also talks about that, uh, um, that everyone is, uh, no one can say that when they tempted, they tempted by God. For God can tempt no man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. You got to be able to look at what's tailored to you. You got to look at what is trying to own you based upon you. And there's nothing wrong with admiring beauty because you're going to marry a wife that's beautiful and you're going to marry a woman that's going to satisfy you that way sexually. But you want to be in a disposition in your position as husband to make sure that she feels secure and stable in that area and not worrying about whether or not you're going to leave her area cold um, to uh, to break cold with someone else. Right. And so you have to understand the validity and the value of the position that you want to, to, to be in. And begin to understand the the the, the desperate need of the Holy Spirit's self control for you to be able to uh, control in in a gentle sacrificial way a household right and so you have to look at the thoughts where they really are and take them very seriously now desires the word of God says in Psalms that they that delight themselves in Lord He will then give them desires of their heart so now you got to make sure. Um, that you delight more in God and begin to see God as your greater joy so that you won't get so caught up in the devil's ploys. And what I mean by that is when you go out into every day saying this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Then you already focus on the goodness of God. You already focus on the great things of God. And even when you do. Because you did your due diligence in your time with God and your due diligence to make sure that you're a man of God to start your day well. Then when you see a young woman in a skirt, when you see a young woman, however she is, you will begin to see her through the lens of God as your sister in Christ, as someone that you need to respect, someone's daughter, someone's wife, someone's niece, someone's aunt, etc., etc. And you begin to have that reverential respect for whoever is 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 the... Uh, um, man in that woman's life or just a woman period because you respect her and you defeat those different things by dying to yourself daily now how does one die to themselves number one you have to realize uh the reason why your flesh must die what's the root reason why you must die because if you don't kill your flesh if you don't nip that thing in the butt it will destroy you cuz it will destroy you in greater ways so those are some great so i think some some rambleization if that's even word of how um, to defeat lust, but you can't defeat it until you're defeated. And you, okay, let's let's make it more plain. How to defeat lust? D defeat lust. First off, you got to make God your dependence. You got to make God your dependence. You got to say, God, I depend on you. I desperately need you. God, I I I, I need you. Then you got to begin to uh, enjoy God every day. First, you got to say your desperate need for God. Secondly, you got to enjoy God and everything that he is and everything he does. Because the more you enjoy God, the more you'll see how you should enjoy the different things of life. F, you got to make sure you go to the bottom floor of your heart to find the root reason. What is the root reason why you even lustful? What's the real reason? Was it something that your dad did, your mom did, uncle did, aunt did, friends brought around you? What's, the, what's on the bottom floor of your heart? And find the root reason. The sex e, the second E, you got to be able to engage in your purpose. You got to be active in your purpose. You just can't be idle. You got to engage something that makes you too tired to sin or it makes you um, too inspired to sin. Right. Next, you got to be able to acknowledge God in all your ways and say, God, what do you want me to go after today? You got to be attentive to his his leading. You got to be able to be active. Also, you got to change what's around you. What is in your surroundings that's causing you um, to tend or to bend um, to sin? And last but not least, you got to begin to um, be thankful.
Just be thankful for God for giving you grace and mercy to try again, to do again. So that if you do fall, you don't get so caught up in tormenting traps of thoughts that's keeping you from doing what you ought. But you trust God that he will, in his providential time, with your cooperation, help you defeat lust over time. And last but not least, to make sure you understand this. Don't take lust lightly. Because the enemy ain't going to stop trying to tackle you or tempt you with lust. You got to stay on guard. You got to be uh, uh, um, tough with it so that you don't end up in the roughs of it, if that makes sense. Great questions, y'all. And Ann says, do you believe people can have bad spirits in them of depressions? Of course, people carry so much in them that if they stepped on a scale, um, uh, their scale can't weigh everything that's in them. Scales can't weigh demons. Scales can't weigh uh, uh, bad thoughts and the weights emotionally. So a lot of people carry a lot of bad spirits, man. That's why you got to make sure that you don't engage with everyone intimately. And we're not talking about sex. We're just talking about intimately in friends because you never know what the ticking time bombs demonically are inside of them that's going to cause them to erupt against you. There's some people right now that are completely unaware of the demonic plot and scheme that the devil is using them to be in the seams of your life. And so that's why you got to be on guard. You got to test every spirit. The Bible says, beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test every spirit. That's a very powerful um, verse. You got to first know that you're God's beloved to be able to know what's not from above. You got to be God's beloved. You got to let God love you so that you can be able to see correctly and discern correctly. Secondly, you got to be a person that's not always easily to believe everything that's around you because everything that's around you is this, not everything, but a lot of things that are brought to us are deceptive tools used to rule over us so that we won't be able to rule over them. And last but not least, you got to take time to test. You got to test his temperament. You got to test the end result. You got to test the scripture support and you got to test the timing of God. Those things will help you determine whether this thing is from God and depression and frequencies and energies of people will transfer. We are energetic beings full of vibes and that's why I tell my students all the time. You got to catch a vibe so nobody won't take your vibe. You got to catch a high vibration. The high vibrations of emotions are love. No, first off, joy, uh, love, and peace. The highest level of frequency is enlightenment. The highest level of frequency, we're talking about divine enlightenment, fully aware of who God is. That's the highest level of frequency. That gives confidence. When you are fully enlightened, we're not talking about we're not fully, like 100% enlightened about everything, but when you have come to a level of enlightenment, that causes you to be able to see God for who he is and his character and his love, that, that is a high level of frequency because now it affects here. Now you are fully aware of who God is and you trust him. The next level of, uh, of the second highest level of frequency of energy that people can permeate is not just the peace and the stability that comes with knowing God, but a sense of joy. When you are enlightened on who God is, joy is next. Joy is hard to uh, to knock off a person's vibe who's joy. And then there's love and then there's peace. Those, those four things are the top f high frequencies, energies of people that permeates. When someone's fully uh, aware of who God is, they have a different vibe about them. When someone's got the joy of the Lord, they got a different vibe to them. When they got the love of God, they got a different vibe in them. When they got the joy of the Lord, they got a different vibe in them. 
When you start getting some low-level frequencies that is that's been used through music, movies, people, um, politics, news, all this stuff that's permeated. That's why devils love on Black Sabbaths is negative energies. That's why certain things happen on certain dates so they can conjure up the energies of so many people because demons feast off of energies. They feast off of fears, and they can't feast off of enlightenment. They can't eat. Uh, they don't like alkaline foods like enlightenment, love, joy, and peace. They want to feast on depression, anxiety, and insecurity and fear because they can rob you of energy use it for their demonic sources and powers and leave you with nothing to fulfill high level frequency engagement like love relationships and and the such and parenting so yeah people got a lot of bad spirits in them some one person got delivered of a thousand demons you don't know what people uh, are connected to therefore you got to know that you're god's beloved and not to believe everything that you see and test everything you see to make sure they're from god Great questions, y'all. Oh, do I got some water? Yeah, I got some water. I got H2O right here. Give me one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Miss Stewart says, let's see how many questions we got left. We don't have that many. Okay. I got, uh, I think that's 20 minutes. I got 10 minutes and I'm out. Hi, coach. Do you know any helpful tips when it comes to a long distance relationship with the man of God? To keep it healthy and what to do when a toxic situation keeps contact contacting after being blocked. Let's watch your first question. All forms of relationship that's biblical and godly can work. And I do believe that if God has two people temporarily in two different locations, that God can make it work. Uh, tips in regards to uh, long relationships with the man of God is realizing that um, just focusing on being a woman of God. And don't dwell so much because sometimes distance can cause unnecessary desires to build up unrealistically because you don't have time to really engage physically to see if that person's even who they say they are over line over the phone. Now, if y'all have been in the same vicinity uh, in a particular time, then okay, that will work. Give me one second. I'll be right back. I got to go do something. Alright, I'm back. I had to get my fan. Man, let's <laughs> one thing about me, I get hot pre and I said, man, I had to go grab my fan before I fall out here. But let me <clears throat> answer Stewart's Miss Stewart's question quick. She says, Hi coach. Do you know any helpful tips when it comes to a long distance relationship with the man of God to keep it healthy and what to do when a toxic situation keeps contacting after being blocked? Well, like I said before, all relationships that our God-centered focus can work, even long-distance ones. Uh, it just requires a different level of grace. Every race requires a certain level of grace. 
We're not talking about grace for your salvation. That's a different category. We're talking about grace, the ability to favor the opportunity to be able to do something that you're unable to do on your own strength, but is is proven supernaturally to be done by God. That's what grace is for specific things like race uh, or not race, but like purpose, relationships, etc. <clears throat> it's a certain level of favor um, that, that supernaturally sustains an individual as they run down a particular race that God has called them to run down, right? So the number one thing you have to ask yourself, is this the race that God wants me to run? Because where if it's not his race, there's no grace. There's no favor for it. Then you're gonna, it's going to be all grind. It's going to be all grit. It's going to be all you. It's going to be all y'all versus God. And so you got to ask first, is this what you want me to do, God? Is this the race that you want me to run? Is this the partner you want me to run this race with? Because that's the only way you will begin to have grace for a long relationship. You think long distance is tough. We're talking about long love. We're talking about 30, 40, 50 years of love. You got to make sure that right now when there is no uh, greater uh, bond or, or soul tie or attachments or plans of being married, you got to make sure is this plans for God, from God, for you guys to be married. So the number one helpful tip is to realize, is this even of God? Because if you is of God, then you will be supernaturally graced for that particular race. If not, it's going to get worrisome. It's going to get difficult. That doesn't mean there's no difficulties in the will of God, but it's going to be unnecessary difficult. It's going to be all y'all's weight. And then y'all setting yourselves up for God to have to redeem it and renew it and make it work and end up being God's permissible. Well, God will permit it, but it wasn't the legitimate one, right? So it, it, just because he's a man of God doesn't mean that's God's man for you, right? So number one thing, probably the only advice I can give you first is to make sure this is God's best for you. God's race for you to run this person he wants you to run with because then you will see over time the supernatural grace that will sustain you on that race with that person right and the rest is just keep communication alive keep respect alive and, and keep uh hope alive <laughs> all right now you said also to keep it healthy um the only way you can keep it healthy is to make sure y'all both are healed uh, th th there's no health without heal Right? You have to be healed in order for something to be healthy. So before you even get into that, you got to make sure that you're completed in God. He's completed in God so y'all don't deplete each other, right? And what I mean by that is, long this relationship will cause you to be distracted to a degree or any relationship will cause you to be distracted from your main relationship. See, the thing is, why y'all, well, there is distance. If God has made, gave you uh, um, permittance with this distance, then you got to continue to invest in time with him. So that you can be sustained with the level of joy, love, peace, self-control, all that kind of stuff to make sure that this thing don't become lopsided while it's being graced for the race. But you in your own individual corner got to make sure that you're healed from any of emotional trauma or drama, etc. Soul ties, whatever, so that you guys can end up having a healthy relationship. He also says what to do with when a toxic situation keeps contacting after being blocked. Keep it blocked. Don't pay it no attention eventually when you ignore something long enough, it ends up going the other direction. <clears throat> so keep ignoring it. Keep ignoring that and make sure that you're not still toxic from that toxicity. Make sure that you continue to walk in love with that person. I mean, walking in love, be blocking somebody is walking in love because you got to love yourself. And so it'll, it'll eventually fade away. Do not give attention to it because a demon is not going to waste his time in a place that someone is not giving time to it. Hope to help. 
Paris Will says, when a specific thought is constantly on your mind and you can't let it go, is it from God? Um, every thought comes with a presence. Comes with a presence. Um, demonic thoughts comes with a pressuring presence. Um, divine thoughts comes with a peaceful presence. Thoughts deep within in your own self comes with a passionate um, presence, right? Um, God is not a tormentor. God doesn't bother you. God doesn't uh, wear you down mentally. God doesn't continue to torment you, throw thoughts in your mind or whatever, right? And so if it's coming with pressure and it's not, then it means it's not coming from God. It's going to come peaceful. It's going to come with confirmation. It's going to come with gentleness. It's going to come with a security about it if it comes from God. So it all, it all depends on what kind of thought it is that's constantly in your mind, right? If it's a warning, then you got to hear that warning. If it's, if it's, uh, uh, Anything that leans more towards, if it's leading you towards God, leading you towards the word, leading you towards prayer, leading you towards love, leading you towards joy, leading you towards peace, leading you towards self-control, leading you towards gentleness, etc. and patience, whatever, that's God. Anything else is not from him. You're welcome, Mary. Jay says, I'm trying to stay encouraged in this extended single season, but I feel like there's nothing progressing in the relational area. How do I deal with the desire? Well, just because something is not happening doesn't mean something is happening. Right now, you're being pruned. Right now, a tree is grown. We don't hear no sound. So if a tree is grown with no sound, then what are you growing without no sound? Right? So the best way to stay encouraged in your singleness is to realize that there's something always at work. You don't know what's working on the inside of your heart until time reveals it, right? And so if you're consume, if you're if you're if development is based upon a, a, a relationship or a person, and you're missing out on development, if if with what you're basing your singleness on is based upon whether or not a person is there, then you're missing out on who's there and what's there happening inside of you. Number one, the number one relationship that should be actively and happening and working right now is you and God and you and yourself. That that should be <clears throat> areas of your life that's proving evidence that something is happening. Sometimes our focus on something that's not there is hindering what, it, what is desiring to happen here. So you're trying to stay encouraged. Your encouragement cannot, cannot be based upon whether someone is there or not. It has to be based upon the t intangible fruit and the changing of the heart, the changing of the habits, the working of your hands, maximize your singleness should be the fruit that you should measure it by. The icing on the cake, the sprinkle on the cake is when the person comes. But no one can eat ice and expect to be full. You got to have substance. You got to make sure it's that. My relationship with my wife and where we are in our marriage is 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 great. But without the greatness of God working in me and the greatness of God working in her, this thing will just be nothing but icing. And most people just think relationship is all about the icing and the sprinkles. But it's about the substance. What's going to actually make you full versus what makes you sick? So the cake and icing ratio has to be what it needs to be in order for the cake to be digestible and enjoyable. So if you feel like nothing is progressing in a relationship area based upon someone being there or not, you're missing the real work. Because that's the end of the work of your singleness to a degree is when that person comes. But the real work is the person you becoming. Before that person comes, you got to become. And that's where the encouragement is that God is working inside of you as a workmanship, creating you in more into the image of Jesus so that you can be a person that could be a benefit to someone else.
<clears throat> so don't look at progression based upon a person. Look at progression based upon the, the, the patterns and the perspectives and the joy of the Lord that you have in your life. And what extends the singleness is focusing on the pains of singleness and the joys of a marriage. That's what's going to make your singleness grow longer. If you want to shrink or shorten the level of your singleness based upon God's providential will, is that you got to begin to say, hey, man, I'm just going to focus on being developed in God. I'm going to focus on developing my relationship with God. I'm going to focus on equipping myself so that the joy of servanthood would be even magnified because you're going to be like, man, I got all of this to offer her or all this to offer him. Hope to help. So how to deal with that desire? You got to start making God your delight. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you, whatever you delight in, you will develop the desires of. So when you begin to delight in God and begin to say, God is me and you, man, work in me, create in me a new heart, renew me a right spirit, turn this heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh, God, uh, change my desires to be like you. But the more you begin to see God's, um, and being delight in him and enjoying him, your desires will begin to change and then you will no longer be the same. And then the game will change when that one comes in your life and you have something to offer that individual. Hope to help. Hmm. Got to respect the time. About to get off here. Maybe one more question. And I'm out of here because I did go away for about two minutes. T says, hey, what's up, coach? Is it is it uh, through my works or God's power to remove idols from my heart? I feel like I'm running in circles. I believe I have an idol for romantic relationships. Thanks, coach. Preach. Well, uh, romantic idolatry is a dangerous one because it replaces the real one. Relationships will never work if the foundation relationship is not solid. You will not be able to be successful in a relationship with another if you're not in a strong relationship with God and yourself. All right. And sometimes we idolize love because we don't understand what real love is and we don't know what self-love requires. We don't know what self-love demands. Therefore, we focus more on the third part of love uh, 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 in regards to relational love. And we idolize it because the society has painted relationships to be the most vivid picture of them all, that people start desiring it more than the vividness and the beautiness of, of relationship with God. Right. And so when it comes to idols being removed, it is a dual effect. It's a dual work. There has to be a level of uh, releasing. There has to be a level of understanding in regards to what an idol does, right? And the best way to get rid of an idol is to either to do one or two things because it's not necessarily the thing that you're idolizing that's bad. It's your identifying with the idol that makes it bad. So you can change the identity of an idol by identifying with God and how God wants to be in that particular thing. So that now that thing was which was once an idol... And, and, and it's being set up to become a rival of God will now become something useful for him. So, for instance, if you idolize romantic love, but God loves romance and love, then you got to let God from above to be in the center of that different thing in your mind, in your heart, so it can begin to change the way you see it. So you can see it more uh, the way God wants you to see it and it will be in its rightful place. Right. So it's not by works, not by might, but it's not by might, nor by uh 
power, but by my spirit. So by the spirit of God is how everything is relinquished off of you, meaning that you got to start engaging with the Holy Spirit, cry out to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, what is the root reason by which I do this? And only you know that really, because the reason why you're going in circles is because you're not dealing with the root issue. The root issue could possibly be uh, insecurities, inadequacies, fears uh, um, of the such. Right. And so if you're having your heart fluttering after these different things, then you got to begin to say, OK, God, show me my heart. Reveal to me why I'm idolizing love. And God, please infuse this desire of mine so I can see it with clear eyes so that it won't come off as a surprise. This thing is insignificant, insufficient in supporting who I need to be in life. Right. And so if you have romantic idols, you got to see romance the way God sees it. If you have an idolatry when it comes to relationship, you got to be able to say, what am I watching? What am I listening to? What have I experienced? What trauma have I experienced? What dramas have I been involved in that's contributing my heart to be all caught up in all these different idolatrous things? And then you got to begin to see God in his greatness and God in his full ability. See God that he's well able to creating you in a different perspective and be able to provide the right love at the right time but he's the right love right now and if you don't build your relationship with god romantically and what i mean by romantically not even romantically but if you don't build your relationship with god in love and you don't build yourself love then you won't know how to love anyone else gotta go y'all thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions i pray that y'all was blessed by uh um also oh what up kiddo what's going on girl thank you for watching girl glad you're here but thank you all so much for watching i thank you that you guys trust me uh, with this with this wisdom, God gets the glory for it. I just benefit from it, um, and, and he gets the glory from it. But for those joining me right now, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, you're like, hey, man, I want to spend time with you, coach. I want to talk to you. I got some things I need to talk about. Go to my website right now, imunplugged.com forward slash custom dash coaching. And if you say, I need help with my relationships, I need help with my, my walk with God, I need help with my singleness, purpose, branding, I'm going through a rough spot right now, I just need to talk to you. Um, let me know what your budget is for one hour or multiple hours. If you want to spend a, a more time this summer, I have some spots available. So go to my website now, and I'll go ahead and post my website down here so that you all can uh, be able to check it out. Um, make sure you check it out. Also, if you want to check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Process Your Feelings so that you can find the facts behind them so you can get back to fulfilling your roles in life. Feelings get in the way. If you let feelings flood, they will cause destruction. You have to learn how to have self-control in your feelings. There's a great resource here. If you're looking for a book to better hold things and you want to be more whole, wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. And if you want to be whole so that you can hold the right things well, this book would be a good uh, resource for you. It's part two to this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness. If you don't learn the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it and to enjoy it and to actually see how it benefits relationship, check this book out. If you're looking for a good dating resource to help you date God, date something, become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever, and you want to be able to make sure that the person that you're dating right now, if you're not single, and to see if y'all guys on the same page, there's a lot of questions in this book that would either 
end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a book to help you discern what's in front of you to make sure it's from God and to make sure there's not a counterfeit but a counterpart and you want to learn how God confirms things and speaks to you, here's a great resource here. If you struggle with soul ties and strongholds and you want to find the purpose of freedom and you want to walk in that freedom and you want to be untied from, from him or her or them, this would be a great resource for you. For you, If you have young people ages, I think fourth, third grade to about seventh grade, here's a great children's book to help kids discover their art form it was a great resource that i created my wife and i for the public school and so it doesn't have a lot of god in it stuff like that because i created for the public school but i am going to try to create a, a, a more christian version but there's so much proverbs in here if you're a believer you'll be able to see it also if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to learn more about how to war in the spirit and what the a whole armor of god uh, uh, what what it does and how it helps you is a great resource here. We also have t-shirts on our website. And if you want to give and you're like, hey, man, I was blessed by this. I want to support what he is doing, whatever, whatever. Hey, you can do that all on my website, imunplugged.com. Thank you all so much for trusting. Um, Dominique, you said we waiting for you to respond. Yeah, I started responding today. Um, I think I did. I think I did respond to you, Dominique. But if I haven't, I'll make sure I get to you probably today. Not today, but tomorrow. Because school is out tomorrow. And so I got time now. So if you want coaching, uh, make sure you go ahead and check it out on my website. One-on-one coaching when talking to me. I got you this summer. I look forward to helping y'all. Thank you so much for uh, joining me this evening. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.